of October 19 to October 25, 2012. I'm your host, David Tanner, and we are very happy to have you with us today on Main Menu. Always glad to see our returning listeners and our new listeners, and we hope we provide a lot of valuable information for you and that you'll keep coming back to hear us again in the future. We have a lot of interesting things that will be coming up in the future and a lot of interesting things on this week's show. And so we don't want you to miss any of that. So you be sure you come back and be with us again next week and week after and so on. We'll be having a lot of special features in the near future. We'll be talking some about Windows 8. We'll talk more about the upcoming release of JAWS 14. We'll be talking about the uh, new beta and the release in the near future of Windows Eyes 8, which was just released this week in a first public beta, and you'll want to hear all about that and check that out. We'll be talking about it here soon. There's also that rumor that's going around that Apple will be introducing a new smaller iPad in the week we are covering here, and hopefully we'll be talking about that very soon. And we just don't want you to miss any of that, and so you be sure you stay here with us on Main Menu so you have the latest and greatest information. We're going to be talking about NVDA in the new release coming up very soon of NVDA, so you don't want to miss that either. And so keep us in tune here on Main Menu. And this week on Main Menu, we're going to be hearing Mary Emerson talk about one of the new features in JAWS 14, the Flexible Web, it's called. And Mary's going to demo that for us. And then Chase Crisman is going to come along with that long-awaited review of the new Braille Plus 18 from American Printing House for the Blind, the latest note taker in the line of note takers from American Printing House for the Blind. And then David Woodbridge from Vision Australia is going to come and he's going to demo for us the integration of Twitter into Mountain Lion for your Mac. And that's all today here on Main Menu. You have a great week and we'll see you back here again next week on Main Menu. everybody this is Mary Emerson and I happen to be on a site right at this minute which I think is a terrific candidate for a demo of flexible web for JAWS 14. I'm on the Amazon download site and I happen to be looking for a bunch of old comedy stuff and I'm gonna go over to the site right now with alt plus tab Amazon, Hobbs, Mothers, Brothers, MP3 Albums, MP3 Downloads, Windows Internet Explorer, Amazon, Com Okay, let's turn off the speech, and I'm at a couple of links, and then you're going to see some things that are cluttering up the site that we really don't need to look at. And I'm going to down arrow. Link get help. List end. Image map link Kindle family page. Yeah, a bunch of image maps. Let's see if we can go into... Flexible Web, which is a layered command we push 
insert space or the JAWS key plus space and then the letter X and I'm going to do that right now. X. Flexible web dialogue. Create a new customization radio button checked. One of five. Yes, who want to do that and any other options here? Well, there aren't any. So the radio button is checked and I'm going to push tab. Most of the time in here we do down arrow or we do tab or we do space to turn radio buttons on or off. So I'm going to tab. Enable flexible web checkbox checked. That's enabled, of course. Next button. Next button. Space. How would you like to customize the page? Hide an element radio button checked. One of two. That's what I want to do, but let's see what the other choice is. Start reading at an element radio button checked. Two of two. Now I want to hide something. And the elements that are hidden depend on the page that you're on. You will not get the same batch of elements for every page that you look at on the web. This is all tailored to the current page. So let's go back up. Hide an element radio button check. One of two. And I'm going to tab. Back button. Next button. What happens if I go past next? Cancel button. You can cancel. You can always cancel out of this. So let's keep tabbing just to show you that we can wrap around. Hide an element radio button check. One of two. Back button. Next button. And we're going to push space. Which of the following elements would you like to customize? List box link Kindle family page. One of one. Actually, that happens to be the only thing on here, which I'm kind of disappointed about because I'd love to get rid of those image maps. And as a matter of fact, on some pages there are things like regions that I get tired of looking at. So let's assume that Link Kindle Family Page is what I want to get rid of because it's basically the only option that we've got. Back button. Link next button. Select a customization list box. Hide link one from the top with text. Kindle Family Page. One of five. Hide all links with text. Kindle Family Page. Hide link 20 from the top. Hide link 152 from the bottom. Hide all links. I don't want to hide all links, but what if I want to do the first one? Hide, 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 hide link 1 from the top with text. Kindle Family Page. That's what I want to do. So, let's... Back button. Tab. Hide link. Finish button. And we're going to finish. Your cloud drive image map link. Okay, so let's go back up to where we were. List link, link getting started. Link get help. List end. Image map link your cloud drive. We don't see that image page anymore with the Kindle stuff. So this is a little demo of how this works. But let's say that we want to unhide this. So I'm going to go back in and insert space. X. Flexible web dialogue. Create a new customization radio button checked. One of five. Retry hide link one from the top with text. Kindle family page radio button checked. Two of five. Save temporary customizations as a rule radio button checked. Three of five. This is if you want to save it. I haven't really saved this one. But let's keep going down to show you what we have. Undo hide link one from the top with text. Kindle family page radio button checked. Four of five. And what's the next one? Create a new customization radio button checked. One of five. There's no next. It isn't shown. We just go wrapping back up to the top. But let's go up back to the... Undo hide link one from the top with text. Kindle family page radio button checked. Four of five. I'm going to tab. Enable flexible web checkbox checked. Finish button. Your cloud drive image map link.
Okay, do we have it? I'm going to up arrow. Image map link Kindle family page. And there it is. So that's a little demo of how this works. And I don't see any way right now that you can break this. It's all radio buttons and tabbing and spacing to go to a button. And I hope you found this interesting. This is kind of a little spontaneous thing because I just happened to be on a page that would be a good demo of this. And I hope you find it useful. I certainly appreciate this very much. It's one of the best new features of JAWS 14. So with that, I thank you for listening. And this is Mary Emerson for Main Menu. Hello everyone, I'm Chase Crispin, and I am here today to provide an audio introduction to the brand new Braille Plus 18 second generation new note taker from the American Printing House for the Blind. Now, if you aren't familiar with this device, which you might be because it's been talked about quite a bit, this is the device that was formerly called the Orion 18 Smartbook, and this device is a cooperation between LevelStar LLC and the American Printing House for the Blind. This is a Braille note taker that is a very small size. It includes a Perkins-style Braille keyboard and an 18-cell Braille display for Braille output. What makes this device unique is that it runs Android, the mainstream operating system that runs on many of today's popular smartphones and tablets. Many people are already familiar with Android. Running Android on an accessible device such as this has many advantages. First, it is open source so the firmware can be easily modified. Second, Google includes some accessibility already in the operating system. And third, and the one that most people are going to like, is the option to install many thousands of third-party applications that have been written for mainstream Android phones. Now keep in mind that not all of these applications are accessible, but just think of some of the things that you or your family and friends run on their phones and tablets and you'll know some of the things that are possible with the Braille Plus 18. Up to this point, there really hasn't been any note taker that can run this many apps, and being able to have this access to all of these third-party applications is really a good thing. The Braille Plus 18 also includes a few unique features, including built-in GPS, a built-in cell phone, which supports GSM SIM cards at this time that work with AT&T, T-Mobile, and other carriers. In the future, it will support CDMA carriers such as Verizon because this device does have CDMA technology built in. The Braille Plus 18 contains all of your standard applications that you would expect to find on a Android smartphone and a Braille note taker combined. And these include a phone application, a text messaging application, an email application, a web browser, a music player, a book reader, a GPS package, a word processor, an OCR application, a file manager, and a voice recorder. And there will be more applications, such as maybe a calculator, coming in the future. The Braille Plus comes in its box with several accessories. You will find the Braille Plus 18 itself, a USB cable for connecting to your computer, and this also serves as the cord running from the Braille Plus to the AC adapter. It comes with an AC adapter that plugs into the wall. This is a very small adapter. It's not a very big brick that plugs into the wall. It includes some print information, earbuds, 
an external Bluetooth GPS receiver, which you can use instead of the internal GPS to get a better signal, a battery for the GPS receiver, another USB cable that allows you to connect your GPS receiver to the AC adapter that comes with the Braille Plus, some documentation for the GPS receiver, including a software CD if you would want to look at it on your computer, and it includes a car charger if you would like to charge your Braille Plus 18 in the car. Before we get into an actual demo and description of this exciting new device, let's talk for just a moment about technical specifications. It contains two stereo speakers for sound playback, a earphone speaker if you would wish to lift this device to your ear and use it as a cell phone, an internal high-quality microphone, an ARM-type processor, 32 gigabytes of internal solid-state flash storage for storing books, files, and other types of things that you would want to store on your device, one gigabyte of memory, 512 megabytes of application RAM, a full-size SD socket that supports up to a 32 gigabyte full-sized SD card, a USB 2.0 port for external storage devices such as external hard drives and thumb drives as well as external keyboards, a USB 2.0 on-the-go port for charging as well as connecting to a computer, an internal cell phone and cellular data receiver that supports both CDMA and GSM protocols on 3G at the 800, 900, 1800, 1900, and 2100 megahertz cellular bands. It includes an internal GPS receiver, 802.11 BG and N Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 2.1. It also includes a vibration motor, an accelerometer, and a 5 megapixel camera on the back with dual LED lamps and flash, which allows you to use this device for optical character recognition to gain access to an inaccessible printed page. Its dimensions, and these are approximate, are width 6.5 inches, depth 4.2 inches, thickness 1.1 inches, which includes the keys, so it'd be, if you were just measuring the device, not including the keys, it'd be even thinner. It weighs approximately one pound. Of course, this is without a SIM card or an SD card in there, which makes it weigh just a bit more. And its battery is not user replaceable. For those of you who are familiar with Android, this device is currently, as of the time of this recording in October 2012, running Android 2.3 Gingerbread. However, this is subject to change at any time to a newer Android version. For text-to-speech, output, it uses the Ivona 2 human-sounding text-to-speech engines, which include the American English male voice Joey and the American English female voices Kendra and Sally. Its OCR technology, which was written by Level Star and APH, is based on the ABBY fine reader software for its recognition. Its web browser is based on the standard Android browser. However, APH and Level Star have modified it just a bit to become more accessible. Because it is based on the normal and very powerful Android browser, it supports newer technology standards including HTML5 and plugins, which many other assistive technology devices do not support. This supports many aspects of Web 2.0 and is a browser that can handle most any website. And for its email client, it supports the POP3, IMAP, and Microsoft Exchange protocols. Now that we've discussed the Braille Plus 18's technical specifications, let's get into talking a little bit about what this device actually looks like in terms of its buttons, keys, and other controls. As you probably guessed by the dimensions that I've previously mentioned, it is a rather small device. If I lay it 
in my hand. It is about as long as my hand. It's just a tiny bit wider. It is not extremely tiny because of the fact that it includes an 18 cell braille display, but it is not huge by any means. It's very small and portable. The thickness is not bad, and the weight is not more than you would expect. The device contains four rubber feet that prevent it from scooting around on a table, which is a very nice feature so that when you're typing you don't have to worry about the device sliding away from you. The Braille Plus is made of a plastic material. Around all four edges is a rubber kind of bumper or protection surface that will protect the Braille Plus just a bit. So whenever you feel any of the sides of the Braille Plus, it is made of rubber. To orient Braille Plus 18 in its proper operating position, you will want to place it so that the three buttons, there is a small round button, then the long button, which is the space bar, and then another small round button, are closest to you, and right above those is your 18 cell braille display. It is pretty easy to figure out how the orientation of this device works. Just remember that the braille display should be close to you, and that you should easily be able to find the Perkins style braille keyboard. Now that you have Braille Plus 18 oriented in its proper operating position, let's feel closest to you. I already mentioned you will feel three buttons. The one on the left is a small round or oval button, and this is your shift key. If you are typing in computer braille, you can hold this down to capitalize a letter. This is dot seven. Directly to the right of that is a longer button. This is your space bar. And to the right of the space bar is a button shaped similar to the shift key, and this is called the alt key. You use this to type many commands, for example, Alt plus O to open a web page or a document, and Alt plus S to save a document. Android calls this Alt instead of Control, but it has many of the functions that you would expect on pretty much any device from a standard control key. As I said just a second ago, directly above these three keys is your 18-cell 8-dot braille display. Now this braille display is a very, very nice braille display. The dots feel very crisp. As you run your hand along it, the dots do not squish down at all, and it is just very easy to read. Directly above the 18-cell braille display is your 18 oval-shaped cursor routing buttons. There is one above each cell, and as you would with any braille display, you press the cursor routing key above the cell that you want to move the cursor to that point, or if you're in a menu or anything like that, pressing one of the cursor routing keys will activate the option currently showing on the braille display. To the left of the first cursor routing button is an oval switch, and the middle of the switch is indented so it feels quite distinctive. This is your key lock switch. Pushing the switch away from you will lock your keyboard so that if you press any keys it does not do anything, and if you flip the switch back towards you, you unlock the keys. So if you're going to be carrying the Braille Plus around or listening to something and you don't want to accidentally bump a key, just push this key lock switch away from you and the keys will lock. To the right of the Braille display and cursor routing buttons, there are some LED lights that show charging and power status, as well as the earpiece speaker, which you will use when you lift Braille Plus 18 to your ear to be used as a cell phone. Now, as you've probably guessed, this feels a bit awkward because this is just too big to be used as a conventional phone. It can certainly be done, but Braille Plus 18 is designed mostly to be used as a phone with either the built-in stereo speakers as a speakerphone or with a Bluetooth headset. If you also have a plan that includes just data, this makes a great way to have data on the go without having to worry about using this as a phone. But if you do choose to use Braille Plus 18 as a phone by holding it up to your ear, it certainly works just fine.
Above the braille display and cursor routing buttons are your six braille keys oriented just like normal. From left to right we have dots three, dot two, dot one, a small space, dot four, dot five, and then dot six. These keys are slanted just very slightly and they are extremely easy to press. I have typed on a lot of braille keyboards and braille displays and note takers and I truly honestly feel that this is the best braille keyboard that I have ever typed on. I've typed on this quite a bit and it is just extremely responsive. APH and LevelStar claim that this is the same type of keyboard included in the Apple MacBook Pro laptop if you've typed on that. So these braille keys were designed very carefully. They sit just so that each key sits under your finger and when you press the keys aren't that loud. If I'm typing you don't really hear anything. You might hear something slight, but it doesn't sound any different than typing on a laptop as opposed to some other devices where you can clearly hear the keyboard. So this keyboard, the keys just press very easy. You don't have to pound on them. They're quiet and they are comfortable. So truly, I feel that this is an excellent, excellent, excellent Braille keyboard. Above the Braille keyboard, you will find all of your operational controls for the device. Furthest left, we have two small oval buttons, and there are two. One is on top of the other, so towards the top of the device, the first key you find on the left is your back key. This functions just like your back key would on your Android smartphone or tablet. This, cance this backs you out of whatever you're doing and takes you back to the previous screen, so this will back you out of an application. Say if you are in email and you just want to go back to your home screen, you can tap the back button. That will close email and return to your home screen. If you're typing a document, pressing this will close the word processor and ask you to save changes. So this is just basically your escape key or your Alt F4 key on your keyboard. Below the back key is another oval shaped key. It's just a bit lower than the back key and this is right above the braille keyboard, right between dots one and two. This key is your S1 key. Now the S1 key is used a lot with the phone application, so if you're not going to be using this as a phone, if you're just using this as a note taker, you're really never going to need this key. But pressing this key will open the phone application. It serves a few different purposes within the phone application, and holding this when you're done with the phone call will hang up the call. And we'll talk a little bit more about this in future demos when we look at using this as a phone. To the right of these two buttons is a long bar oriented vertically, so it's parallel to the back and S1 keys. This feels like it presses in two different spots, but it's really just one key and this is your menu key. So this will take you into the menu of the application that you are currently in. For example, if I'm in the word processor, pressing this will get me to menus like file, document, edit, etc., where I can do things like open a document, save my document, move, copy, paste, cut, select text, it will allow me to do some things with formatting. So this opens the program specific menu for options within that program. To the right of the long vertical menu bar key, we have our arrow keys, and these are set up not as a diamond like you may have seen before, for example, on the first generation Braille Plus. This is a perfect circle, and you will feel a raised kind of short line at the top of the circle, the left of the circle, the bottom of the circle, and the right of the circle, and these are your up, down, left, and right arrows, respectively. These will move you through text, through menus, just as a normal arrow key would. In the middle of this circle of arrows, 
there is a button, a circle button, that sits a bit above the arrows in terms of height, and this is your select key. So if you're in a menu, for example, if I am on my home screen and I want to enter my phone application, once I arrow to phone and hear phone, I press the select key to enter the phone application. So this activates the choice that you are on. To the right of the round circle containing the arrow keys, you find another long vertical bar parallel to the arrow keys, much like the menu key was shaped like. This key is your home key. Pressing this will always take you back to your home screen and leave the current application open. If you hold down this key, it opens a list of your most recently accessed applications. To the right of this home key, you'll find two more oval keys, one on top of another, just like we saw with the back and S1 keys earlier. The top key here is search, and if you press this in a web page or a document, it'll allow you to search in that document. And if you press this on the home screen, it will open the Google search field, and you can use this to search either Google to search online or to search for things like contacts, files, and applications on your device. So this searches both your device and the internet. So the search capabilities built into this device is very powerful. And below the search key, you will find another oval button, and this is your S2 key. Now, pressing this when you're in a book or a document or a web page will read wherever you are from your position where your cursor currently is to the end of the document. So this is your read all key. And if you hold this down, you enter the speech and braille preferences dialog, which some might refer to as a status menu. This is where you find things like your date and time, your battery status. This allows you to adjust the sleep timer of your device, your speech rate, and your punctuation level. This also allows you to see your serial number and your current software version. So this is kind of your area where you adjust all of your speech and braille settings, as well as get the information about the current status of your unit. Now this is all of the keys on the front of the device, and these keys are all made of plastic. On the front edge of your device that faces you, you will find two very long bars or buttons. These are your braille panning buttons, which Braille Plus 18 calls your back and forward braille scrolling keys. So if you're just reading on the braille display and a whole line doesn't fit on the braille display, you can scroll back and forth by using these buttons. The left button scrolls back one display length and the button on the right scrolls forward one display length. Between the left and right scroll buttons, is a five-way joystick, so it can move up, down, left, right, or in. And when you move this joystick up, down, left, and right, it acts like arrow keys, like the arrow keys on the face of the device do. And when you push it in, it acts like the select key or the enter key. So this joystick isn't really necessary. If you don't like it, you certainly don't have to use it because obviously the buttons on the front of the device do the same thing. But if you have your hands in the front of the device to adjust braille, you can use your arrow key and select key using this joystick without having to use the arrows on the front of the device. To the left and right of the braille panning keys are your stereo speakers, which are on this front of the device. On the very bottom of the front edge, almost on the bottom of the unit, on the left you will find an opening 
this is a pretty small opening, and this is where you put in your SIM card if you would like to use the Braille Plus with your cellular network, and you can get a SIM card from a carrier like AT&T or T-Mobile. And keep in mind that the Braille Plus uses a full-sized or regular SIM card. It does not use the micro SIM or nano SIM that some other phones such as the iPhone use. So make sure if you're going to use a SIM card with this device that you are using a full-sized SIM card. To the right of the SIM card slot, you'll find a bigger opening, and this is your slot for an SD card. And as I said, these are full-sized SD cards, and the unit can handle up to a 32 gig SD card. So if you just slip an SD card into the slot, you will have additional storage. On the right side of the device, you will find a few things. Closest to the front of the device, you will find a very small button. And this is a button that will allow you to open the Look application, which is the Braille Plus's OCR application, and snap a picture of a document that you would like OCR performed on. You can also open the Look application from the home screen, but if you just want to pull the Braille Plus out and open OCR right away, you can just unlock the device, tap this OCR button on the right side of the device, and you are good to go. Directly behind the camera or OCR button is another very small button, and this is your record button. So you can tap this to open the Recorder app, or press and hold it to just begin recording. Again, you can find Recorder on the home screen, but this is a way to just quickly begin a recording. Continuing to the back of the device, past the camera and record buttons, we have a long bar. And as you might expect from a long bar on the side of a device, this is your volume key. Pressing the edge of the bar closest to you will turn the volume down, and pressing the edge of the bar away from you will turn the volume up. If you press the volume key while the unit is speaking, this will adjust the volume of the text-to-speech voice. If you press the button while there is no speech, it will adjust the volume of the entire unit for things like a ringtone, notification sounds, music, playback, etc. So just keep in mind if you want to adjust volume for things like that, make sure the unit is not currently speaking. This will also adjust the volume of the earpiece while you are on a call. Directly behind the volume bar, is a 3.5 millimeter or 1 8 inch earphone jack where you can plug in stereo headphones or external speakers. This jack also contains a very interesting and unique capability. This also can serve as a video out jack. There is an included cable that ships with the Braille Plus 18 that allows you to connect one end to the headphone jack of your Braille Plus and connect the other end, which is a three-pronged end, the three different colors, that you can plug into a TV or some computer monitors, and this will allow you to show on a computer screen or TV screen what is going on on the Braille Plus in full video, not just lines of text. It will actually show the entire screen as if you were looking at maybe an Android tablet. This is an extremely nice thing to have if you just want to show somebody else something you're working on, or especially in an educational setting, so that maybe other students you're collaborating with can see what you're working on. Behind that, close to the back of the device, is a 3.5 millimeter jack, which is reserved for future expansion, and when that happens, this will be your microphone jack. The back edge of the device does not contain anything, so we'll just skip that and go on to the left side. Closest to the back of the device on the left side, you'll find a small opening, this is your micro USB port for USB on the go. This is where you plug in a USB cable to connect to your computer, and this is also where you plug in the unit's charger. 
Now one of the nice things about this device is it doesn't use its own proprietary charger, it just uses a normal cell phone micro USB charger. So if you have other USB chargers around the house that have this type of plug that you might have with your cell phone or other device, go ahead and plug it in and it should work. This is not a proprietary charger. In front of the micro USB port, you find your full-sized USB port. And this USB port is where you can plug in external peripherals such as external hard drives, thumb drives, keyboards, or a mouse. Because you can plug a mouse into here if you have this connected up to a visual display or a monitor. A sighted person can navigate the device on screen using a mouse if they aren't familiar with Braille. Closer to the front of the device, you will find a button, and this is your power and sleep button. So if you just tap this button, it will put the device to sleep by shutting off the screen, as the device says screen off, which just basically disables the Braille display and kind of puts your device into kind of a sleep mode. Or if you hold down this button, you will get options for turning your device completely off, enabling airplane mode, which shuts off all wireless connections, rebooting your device, or muting your device. The bottom of the device that sits on the table doesn't contain anything except a sticker with your serial number, four rubber feet, and the camera for OCR. When you first get your Braille Plus 18, it may or may not be charged. If it is, you can tell by holding down the power button for a few seconds. When you hold down the power button for just a couple of seconds, you will feel a vibration and if you give the device just about 30 seconds, it will completely turn on. Now, unless you're not going to be using this device for a few days, you can just tap this power button to put it to sleep, because that way you can wake it up almost instantly, whereas if you have it completely off, it takes about 30 seconds to start up. You'll know when your device starts to start up, because your Braille display will clear in its off state or sleeping state. All the pins are partially raised, but when it's powering on, the display will go completely flat. And when your device starts up for the first time, or from a complete power down, you will hear something like the following message. Braille plus 12.10.05, limited service, battery 40%, home, blank. Note that you will hear the Braille plus message, but your 12 point etc. is your software version number, and more than likely, your version number will be quite different than mine. It will at least be a bit different, but you will still hear that same message. Limited service just says that I do not have a SIM card inserted, so therefore I don't have cell service. So you will probably hear a slightly different message when you start up your device, but again, it will be pretty similar. You hear blank, even though you're on the home screen, so to gain focus to the first item, you just down arrow. Email, 2 of 13. And you hear email 2 of 13, so let's up arrow. Phone, and you see that phone is the first option on this list. Email 2 of 13. Is email. If we down arrow again. Messaging 3 of 13. You hear messaging. Nearby Explorer 4 of 13. There's Nearby Explorer, which is your GPS application, which is a very, very powerful application written by Level Star and APH. And this allows you to do everything from virtually explore an area, enter someplace as a favorite just get directions and look at directions to a point. It can actually give you guidance either by walking or in a vehicle to a point. You can just take this device with you while you're walking or driving around and it'll announce what you're passing. You can go geocaching with this. If you live in a supported city, you can get Google Transit info so you can actually see but your nearest bus stop, get directions to it, 
see which buses leave at what times and where they're going so you know which bus you're about to board for public transportation. And it also supports Google Places if you're connected to a data network while traveling. So you can mark someplace as a favorite if it's not already marked, for example, a brand new restaurant, and it will get shared with other nearby Explorer GPS users automatically, which is a very, very nice feature. This GPS program does pretty much anything you'd want it to, so this is a very powerful program. If we down arrow, browser, five of 13. there's your browser. Look, six of 13. Look is your OCR application. Word processor, seven of there's your word processor. Library, eight of 13. Your library, which is where you find books that you have on this device. Contacts, nine of 13. Contacts. Music, 10 of 13. Music. Help, 11 of 13. There's your help, which opens the user manual. Tools folder. There's your tools folder, which contains things like your file manager and your settings application. All applications folder. 13 of and here's all applications, which contains some applications that are important but that you might not use as much. For example, your clock, an application for downloading from Bookshare, etc. That has applications that you aren't going to use every day. These are applications that they assume you'll use a lot. For example, you'll probably, if you have a SIM card in this, use the phone a lot. You'll probably use email, GPS, and word processing a lot. And you can change what appears on your home screen, which we'll look at in a future demo. So if you want to see all applications on your device, you can just click on this All Applications folder and see everything that's installed. Another nice thing about this device, I mentioned that the browser is based on the main Android browser, but the music player, the contacts app, the email app, and the calendar app included in this device are exactly just your mainstream Android apps that you would find on a standard phone. So this saves time with the, with the developers, it keeps things simple and that there's less bugs because it's stable because these are the same applications you would find on your standard Android device. So if you're familiar with how to use those applications, you will have a pretty good start with using these applications. I talked about the speech and braille preferences key, and I want to explore this with you because this is a pretty important area. So let's hold our S2 key. You might remember this is on the top right of the device. It's the furthest right button above the braille keyboard, and it's below the first key. So it's right above about the dot four key. Let's hold this down, and when you let up on the button, you will hear... Date and time, 9.16 p.m., WED, October 10th, 2012, 1 of 9. So there's your current date and time if we down arrow. Status. Battery 40% limited service 62% unknown Wi-Fi disconnected. 2 of 9. There's your cell network, your battery, and your Wi-Fi status if we down arrow again. Sleep timer. Never. 3 of 9. We can press select here to go in and set a sleep timer for how long the device will play before stopping when reading a book or playing music. Speech rate 10. 4 of 9. Here's where you set your speech rate if we press select here. Speech rate alert. OK cancel. 10. Wi-Fi DC Crispin's network 100%. Wi-Fi DC Crispin's network 100%. We're on 10, and if we'd like to decrease the speech rate, we could press the left arrow, or to increase it, we press the right arrow. I want to increase it just one or two, so I'll just press right arrow. 11. There's 11. 12. There's 12. So let's down arrow. Okay. Press button. OK. And we change the speech rate. Speech rate 12. Down arrow again. Punctuation level sum. Punctuation level sum. This works almost the same way as your speech rate. And this allows you to control how much punctuation is spoken by the device. Key echo words. Six of nine. Here's your key echo. This has your standard none, characters, words, characters and words that you normally expect when typing on any sort of device with a screen reader. Braille table contracted US English. 
Seven of nine. There's your braille table, which basically is how you input information and get information out of the device. You can choose grade one braille, grade two braille, or computer braille. If we down arrow. Software version 12.10.05. Eight of nine. There's my software version. Right now it's 12.10.05. If we down arrow again, serial there's my nine. serial number, and that is the last option. I just stopped this from speaking. So let's press the back key to get out of the status screen. Home. And we're back on the folder. home 13, screen. 13. And before we end, I'm just going to talk briefly about a few key commands that you'll find pretty useful. First of all, if you've used any sort of other Braille note-taking product, going way back to the early Braille and Speak and Braille Lite products, or any of the more modern note-takers, such as the original Braille Plus, the Braille Note, the Braille Sense, etc., you'll be familiar with the Braille chord commands. You don't have to use the keys like back, home, and the arrow keys. You can just use corded commands or braille dots with a spacebar. For example, one, two, three chord moves you to the top of a list or document. If I do that, phone one of thirteen puts us back on the phone option, the first option. Four, five, six chord moves you to the end of a list. Dot one chord moves you to the previous line or option. Dot four moves you to the next. Dot five chord or dot five with the spacebar is previous word. Dot two chord or dot two with a spacebar is previous word. Dot five chord is next word. Dot three chord, previous character. Dot six chord, next character. C chord or dots one four chord reads the current line or option. If I do that here, phone. With your phone. Two five chord will allow you to hear the current word. H chord or space plus H does the same as the home key, which moves you to your home screen. Space plus M or M chord will open the program's menu. Space plus Z is the same as the back key. Space plus E or E chord is the same as pressing your select key. If you would like to just use the device with a braille display, you can press S chord, which turns speech off. So if I press that, speech off. you hear speech off. And now if I arrow around, you don't hear any speech, but I'm seeing what's up on the braille display. This is very nice for using this in a classroom or in a meeting, or if you just want to read a book in braille without hearing speech. To turn speech back on, you just press S chord again. Speech on. And you hear nearby explorer four of thirteen. And the voice is a bit slower, but if we down arrow, Browser. it's back at 13. our back at our normal rate. So that is how you can mute your speech. We saw in the speech and braille preferences screen that you could change between grade two, grade one, and computer braille. You can also do this at any point on the system with G chord or dots one, two, four, and five with the spacebar. If I do this here, computer braille, computer braille, uncontracted U.S. English, uncontracted or grade one. Contracted and US contracted, English. which is grade two. So that's how you can do that if you'd like to quickly change. T chord dots two, three, four, and five with a space bar. 921 PM, wed, October 10th, 2012. Speaks the current date and time. To speak the unit status, you can press ST chord or dots three, four with the space bar. Battery 39% limited, service 52% unknown, Wi-Fi DC, Crispin's network 84%. To control if your unit is sending signals for video output to a connected monitor or TV, you can press V chord, that's dots 1, 2, 3, 6 with the space bar, and that will either start or stop sending signals to a monitor for visual output. To open your notifications screen, which shows you things like new emails, missed calls, software updates that are available, downloads... Anything that you need to know about or anything that's new will show up in your notification screen. You can access this with space plus N or N chord. For six chord will act as enter if you're typing a document. This will create a new line. Backspace you can do with B chord. That's dots one, two with a space bar. 
And finally, to open the help file, you can use space with dots 1, 3, 4, 5, and 6, or Y chord. So those are just some of your most common keyboard commands that you can use with Braille Plus 18. There's a lot more, which you can find in the menus, but that is just some of them that you can use to kind of get started. Now, I realize that this was a lot of information crammed into not much time, but I wanted to give you a pretty good introduction to this new device. If you would like to find out more information about Braille Plus 18, you can visit tech.aph.org and find the Braille Plus 18 link. There, you will find the user's manual with all the detailed operating instructions, as well as information for subscribing to a mailing list with other Braille Plus 18 users, technical support staff, and the developers. So if you would like to learn more, subscribing to this mailing list would be a great way to do this. To learn about pricing and availability, you can visit shop.aph.org. And before we end, I would just like to make one note about using apps with the Braille Plus 18. At the beginning of this demonstration, I talked pretty extensively about using different apps, mainstream apps with the Braille Plus 18, but please note that the Braille Plus 18, due to Google's current specifications, cannot access the Google Play Store for getting apps because the device does not include a touchscreen. This may change in the future, however at the current time, you must either use the SlideMe App Store or the Amazon App Store, which both contain tons of apps for Android, and you can find installers for these in the Braille Plus 18 manual at tech.aph.org. If you have an Android package file or .apk file of the app, you can also install an app that way by putting that application file on your Braille Plus and then opening that file in the file manager utility. So even though the Braille Plus cannot access the Android market, you can still access thousands of apps. I will be back with future demonstrations about more tasks on the Braille Plus 18. This demo today was just designed to get you up and running with Braille Plus 18, let you hear its speech, and learn how to navigate the home screen and basic menus. It was not designed to give you a comprehensive tutorial, so I will be back with future demos on Braille Plus 18. So I thank you for listening to this introduction to the Braille Plus 18 Android-powered note-taker, and I invite you to listen back in the future to future demos of this new product. This is Chase Crispin, and thank you for listening to this demonstration. The following presentation is brought to you on Main Menu, courtesy of David Woodbridge and Vision Australia. To find out more about Vision Australia, visit them on the web at www.visionaustralia.org. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. Welcome to this demonstration of using VoiceOver in Mountain Lion. In this particular demonstration, I want to show you how to be able to tweet now from your Mac using Mountain Lion. So before I get started, let me just say that my MacBook Pro is turned on, VoiceOver is running, and as usual, let me go into a known spot on my Mac by going to my desktop with Shift VOD. Of course, the VO keys being the Control and Option keys held down together. So I'll do that now, Shift VOD or Shift Control Option D. Desktop, Dropbox, Alias, Selected Alias. 
Now, if you want to set up Twitter to be able to tweet from your Mac, you need to go into System Preferences, Mail, Contacts, etc. So I'll just show you how to quickly do that since I've already got it set up on mine. So I'm going to go to my dock with VOD or Control Option D for dock. Dock. System Preferences, 11 of 23. Okay, I've already got that selected, so VO Spacebar or Control Option Spacebar. System Preferences, System Preferences, Window, Toolbar. Okay, VO right arrow, Control Option right arrow. Preference Panes, Scroll Area. Interact with Shift VO Den arrow or Shift Control Option Den arrow. Interact with Preference Panes, Scroll Area. 33 items. Okay, VO right arrow, Control Option right arrow. General Button. Okay, it's going to type in MA for mail. Mail, Contacts and Calendars button. Okay, VO Spacebar, Control Option Spacebar. Press Mail, con Mail, Contacts and Calendars window, Toolbar. So the first thing I need to do is go and interact with the Internet Services Accounts table. So I'll do that now. I'm just going to jump straight to that table with VO Command T or Control Option Command T. Internet Accounts table. Okay, I'm going to interact with Shift VO Upper, which is Control Option Upper. Interact with Internet Accounts table, row 1 of 6. iCloud, contacts and 6 more. Contacts and 6 more. Image, iCloud, row 1. Okay, as you can tell, I've kind of got my mind set up already. So VO down, Control Option DAVIDW9NE.com, mail, contacts, and 2 more. Mail, contacts. Okay, that's my second iCloud address. The first one you heard was my primary iCloud account. So let's go back up to that one iCloud, contacts and six more, contacts and six more. Okay, so I'm going to uninteract with Shift via upper. Stop interacting with Internet Accounts table. And jump to the bottom of the window with Shift via or Control Option Function right arrow. Remember that the right arrow key is turning my right arrow key into an end key. So I'll do that now. Dim button. Okay, now I'll get back with via left arrow, Control Option left arrow. Remove button, add button. I want to add an account, i.e. Twitter. So VO Spacebar, Control Option Spacebar. Add and press Add button. Okay, and if I jump back up to the table with Shift VO Command T or Shift Control Option Command T. New Account Types table. That's the New Account Types table. I'm going to interact with that with Shift VO Down Arrow or Shift Control Option Down Arrow. Interact with New Account Types table, row 1 of 9 iCloud button, iCloud image, row. Exchange button, exchange image, Google button, Google image, Yahoo button, AOL button, AOL image, Twitter button, Twitter image. Okay, of course, I want to access Twitter. Now do VO spacebar, control option spacebar. Interact with dialog for window, mail, contacts and calendars. To get started, fill out the following information. To get started, fill out the following information. Username, password. By clicking Sign In, you represent that you are legally permitted to upload the content and that the content does not violate Twitter's terms of use. Okay, and so on. So I'm not going to actually set up another one because I've only got one Twitter account. So I'm just going to press Escape. Closing dialog. Okay, I'm just going to close out of this completely. I'm just going to do Command Q. Finder, Desktop, Dropbox alias, Selected alias. Now, one further thing you might want to consider before you start Twittering away is to check whether you've got your options done in Notifications Center for getting notified of mentions, direct tweets, etc. So to check that, you can do VOD or Control Option D for Doc again. Doc. System Pref... I'm going to go back into System Preferences with VO Spacebar, Control Option Spacebar. System Preferences. System Preferences. Window. Toolbar. 
VO right arrow or control option right arrow. Preference panes, scroll area. Interact with shift VO down arrow or shift control option down arrow. Interact with preference panes. VO right arrow, control option right arrow. General button. It's going to type in NO for notifications. Notifications button. Okay, VO spacebar or control option spacebar. Press notifications window toolbar. Okay, down to the table with VO command T or control option command T. Applications table. Interact with the table with shift VO down arrow or shift control option down arrow. Interact with applications table row 2 of 11 selected. Share button Twitter, share button row 2 of 11. Okay, that's share button Twitter. And if I just do VO up arrow control option up arrow. In notification center. Okay, that's a heading in notification center. So I come down one VO down arrow or control option down arrow. Share button Twitter. Okay, because what I can actually do is VO up arrow or shift control option up arrow. Stop interacting with Apple. And do this. So VO right arrow control option right arrow. Show share button in notification center. Check checkbox. And I can actually uncheck it. Okay, so if I did VO right arrow control option right arrow again, have a listen. The share button allows you to post on Twitter. Okay, so that's the trick with that share button. If you don't have that checked, you won't be able to post to your notifications center at least. All right, so... Back to the table. It's going to do VO left arrow control option left arrow. Get back to the table. Show share applications table. I'm going to interact with shift VO down arrow shift control option down arrow. Interact with applications table row two of eleven. And of course, the other thing I've got selected here to do with Twitter is VO down arrow control option down arrow. Mail ba messages reminder Safari Twitter badges sounds alerts. Okay, is Twitter itself so to speak? So again, I'll show you. I'm going to interact with shift VO. Up arrow, shift control option, up arrow. Stop interacting with applications, table. VO right arrow, control option, right arrow. Twitter alert style. None, radio button, one of three. Banners, radio button, two, alerts. Selected radio button, three of three. As you can tell, I've got alerts currently selected. Keep going with VO right arrow, control option, right arrow. Banners appear in the upper right image. Show in notification center. Check checkbox. Okay, and mine's also checked to show a notification center. So I can post and also access my mentions or direct messages to me that come into my notification center. Okay, let me close that down with Command Q. Finder, desktop, Dropbox alias. And let me send a tweet via my Mac onto the Twitter sphere. So I have to access the extras menu. So I can do VOM or Control Option M twice. Now in menu extras, menu extras, menu extras. Dropbox 1.4.7. Now the notifications center is at the end of the extras menu. Remember this used to be called the status menu. So jump to the end. I'm going to do again the end command. So that's shift VO or shift control option function right arrow. Notification center menu extra. Okay, and VO spacebar control option spacebar. Notification center window system dialog. Notification center close button. Notifications table. And I just did VO right arrow, control option, right then. Okay, let's interact with the notifications table. So I'm going to do shift VO, dinner, shift control option, dinner. Interact with notifications table, row 207. Click to tweet button, share widget, row 207. Okay, click to tweet button, I certainly will. So VO spacebar, control option, spacebar. Application, share, Twitter, system dialog, edit text. Okay, I'm going to type in a tweet. 
H V space L at space almost C O P E D M space M U space lion P O D C S S period podcasts period. Remember, I've just typed in with V O A or Control Option A. Have almost completed all my mountain lion podcasts. That's it. So V O right arrow Control Option right arrow. Eighty eight. Add location. Cancel. Send button. Okay, and I can send it. VO spacebar, control option spacebar. Prep text. Have almost completed all my mountain. Notification center. Window system dialog. Click to tweet button. Share widget. Row 2 of 7. Selected button cell. Okay, so I'm going to interact with this table with shift VO up arrow, shift control option up arrow. Stop interacting with notifications. And VO left arrow, control option left arrow. Close button. And I'm close it with VO spacebar, control option spacebar. Prep. Menu extras. Notification center. Menu extra. Back to the extras menu. Let me just jump back to the desktop with shift VOD. Desktop. Dropbox alias. Selected alias. So that completes this demonstration of setting up Twitter, setting up options in Notifications Center in relation to sharing your tweets and also to be able to receive your Twitter mentions, etc. And finally, to be able to post from your Notifications Center when you want to send a tweet. So I hope you've enjoyed this demonstration. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Vision Australia. Blindness and low vision services. All of us here on the Main Menu team consider your thoughts, questions, suggestions, and any other feedback that you may have very important. To interact with us on the show, you can send an email to mainmenu at acbradio.org. That's mainmenu at acbradio.org. If you would like to find past show archives and more information about Main Menu, you can visit our website at mainmenu.acbradio.org. If you would like to interact with us on Twitter and see all the latest show news, you can follow us by visiting www.twitter.com slash mainmenu or by following at mainmenu. If you would like to receive show announcements in your inbox and interact with other Main Menu listeners, you can subscribe to the Main Menu Friends mailing list by sending a blank email to mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's mm-friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Anytime that you have any comments, questions, or suggestions that you would like us to hear, please get in touch with us. On behalf of the entire Main Menu staff, I'd like to thank you for being with us today here on Main Menu. We'll look forward to seeing you back again next week. Meantime, you have a good week, and we'll see you soon.